This is AgriPulse Daybreak West for Friday, October 30th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. Data lags on wildfire losses. New questions about H-2A wages. Ag groups urge to fight EV mandate. Here's a programming note. Join us at noon Eastern Wednesday, November 4th, for a webinar with longtime lobbyist Randy Russell and National Farmers Union President Rob LaRue to discuss the results of the election, the role that rural voters play to the outcome, and the potential impact on farm policy. AgriPulse Executive Editor Philip Brasher and Managing Editor Spencer Chase will host the discussion. You can register at agripulse.com. Report. Crop losses to wildfires are largely untracked. A new report assesses wildfire losses across key sectors in California and identifies where the knowledge gaps need to be filled. While agriculture has not seemed to face significant losses from wildfires, the report finds only anecdotal evidence to show this. Southern California wildfires in 2007 burned nearly a 1,000 acres of farmland with about 42 million in crop damage and 1.5 billion in overall property losses. The 2017 Sonoma County wildfires, on the other hand, threatened substantial losses to the wine industry. Yet a follow-up study found less than 1% of vineyard acreage and 7% of the region's wineries were affected, and a 71% drop in tasting room visits was short-lived. The 2020 wildfires are presenting more concerns to the wine industry about losses to smoke taint with widespread testing. The 2013 Rim Fire cost the ranching sector millions of dollars from lost grazing and killed livestock. Crop losses are not systematically tracked across the state for wildfires, and no studies have shown the economic impacts, according to the report. The researchers also found that only half of agricultural producers have insurance coverage, though that information may be out of date. Most high-crop-value crops in California are not covered by federal crop insurance programs, they write. The report produced by the California Council on Science and Technology offers policymakers a framework for assessing wildfire costs with more work to be done. A more accurate accounting may result in more than double the currently reported costs, the researchers caution. PPIC farmers should partner with cities to survive SGMA. A report by the Public Policy Institute of California finds that Southern California cities have been successful at reducing water use. This creates room for partnerships with irrigation districts in the San Joaquin Valley as they adapt to new constraints under the Sustainable Groundwater Management Act. This could benefit cities in planning for extended droughts. By diversifying water supplies, building connections to share water more flexibly, and preparing for extreme events to come, such partnerships would support Governor Newsom's water resilience portfolio, the researchers note. Jamie Johansson, state budget is a crisis for all of us. California Farm Bureau President Jamie Johansson said yesterday to expect the state to balance its $54 billion budget deficit through taxes, fees, and regulation. 
Speaking at a meeting for California farm appraisers, Johansson tallied up the many added costs to farmers this year. At some point, and we're seeing it, it breaks, he said, adding that processors and some commodities are already moving to Mexico, Colorado, and Georgia. It's simply becoming too expensive to do business and too unpredictable, he said. USDA ordered to restore wage survey. There are new questions about what farmers will have to pay foreign workers next year under the H-2A program. A federal judge's ruling has barred USDA from suspending its annual farm wage survey that is used to calculate H-2A wage rates. USDA did not immediately respond yesterday when asked whether the government planned to appeal U.S. District Judge Dale Drozd's order. Drozd called the decision to kill the survey cursory and conclusory. Without the USDA survey, farm labor groups fear growers will be able to cut H-2A wages in 2021. Now keep in mind, the Labor Department, which administers the H-2A program, has proposed major changes that could be finalized in the next month or so. The final rule is now under review at the Office of Management and Budget. The DOL rule and any significant change to the H-2A wage rules are likely to be challenged in court. You can read our full report at agripulse.com. Pre-election regulatory relief on pesticides and wolves. In a pair of major actions, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service has delisted the gray wolf and EPA has eased requirements for pesticide application exclusion zones. Those are areas where people are not supposed to be when pesticides are sprayed. Instead of a 100-foot exclusion zone for ground sprays containing fine droplets, EPA has decided on a 25-foot zone for all ground sprays and 100 feet for aerial applications. The agency also is allowing farm owners and family members to stay in their homes while applications are taking place. The National Association of State Departments of Agriculture said the rule provides needed clarity for farmers. Meanwhile, environmental groups are vowing legal challenges to the USFWS to remove the gray wolf from the endangered species list early next year. Those groups say FWS failed to adequately consider the status of wolves in states such as Oregon, Washington, and California, where the numbers are much lower than the Great Lakes and some of the Rocky Mountain states. Ag groups welcomed the delisting. Washington Farm Bureau President Michael Pant said it's time to end the federal-state split management of wolves in Washington and allow our state wildlife managers to manage the wolves in conjunction with all other species. You can read our full report at agripulse.com. Grassley urges ag groups to reject gas car ban. Ahead of the election, Iowa GOP Senator Chuck Grassley is calling on farm organizations to push back against a new Senate bill that would ban gas-powered cars after 2035 in favor of electric vehicles. It's really an extreme government overreach that would strip away consumer choice and freedom while destroying opportunities for rural Americans, Grassley told reporters. Grassley pointed to a University of Tennessee study commissioned by the Agricultural Retailers Association that says net farm income would drop by as much as $27 billion under an all-electric vehicle mandate. Keep in mind, 
Joe Biden is not proposing to mandate electric vehicles, but he does want motorists to shift to them. He also wants to fund the installation of 500,000 charging stations nationwide. Here's today's He Said It. Agricultural workers need more protections, not less. That's why today's announcement is particularly appalling. That Attorney General Xavier Becerra on EPA's narrowing pesticide protections. Well, that's Daybreak West for this Friday, October 30th. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak West, I'm Jeff Halley.